Nyata, Alison here from our little church in South West Victoria called Sanctuary. At our recent leadership meeting, we reflected on the text from Ephesians about being members of one body, united and growing in love. We observe that we are therefore all connected. What affects one part of the body affects the whole. And this led us to think about the wounded and scarred body politic that we call Sanctuary. For it's become really clear to us that a high proportion of us live with chronic conditions or persistent pain. Our bodies are exhausted or aching or screaming. Then there are the other things. Between us we bring a significant degree of emotional pain and trauma relating to how our bodies have been used by others. We bring a sense of alienation from church and other institutions. We bring a high level of scepticism and a deep mistrust of authority. We bring addictions, we bring PTSD, we bring our pain. We bring anger and shame and so much more. And all these things come with us and affect not only us, but the wider body of Christ, that is, the Church. Now the Apostle Paul describes what we call church in glowing terms. As we heard a couple of weeks ago, it's a holy temple built on the foundation of the Apostles and Prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. It's the place where the full diversity of humanity is brought into loving communion, and it's where God in the Spirit delights to dwell. And then, as we hear from Ephesians chapter 4, the body is called to grow into maturity and into the full stature of Christ. In fact, it is central to our faith that the body of Christ, a.k.a. the Church, is a physical body of our perfectly mature, perfectly loving Lord. So we might expect the people of the Church to be, let's say, a little more perfect. Yet the body we call sanctuary is made up of people who are wounded and scarred physically, emotionally and spiritually, and people whose life histories have not really trained them to love anyone well. So what's going on here? Can this body be the church? Well, obviously the answer is yes, but I'd like to flesh this out, so to speak. Now the first thing to note is this. If we are the body of Christ, then what happened to Jesus' body in the world? Was it perfect? Well, there were times when he was fed and anointed. But he was also stripped and humiliated. He was beaten, whipped and spat upon. A crown of thorns was thrust into his scalp. Then he was nailed to a cross and impaled with a spear. Before the violence, again and again, his guts wrenched at other people's suffering. In the garden, he was highly agitated. He was sick with grief. He begged God for a different life, and later he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even after his death and resurrection, he still wasn't shiny perfect. There was dirt under his fingernails, for he was mistaken for a gardener, and the scars in his hands and feet and in his side endure. And so we should expect the body of Christ, that is the church, to be wounded and scarred. It will be earthy and it will be real. It will know brokenness 
It will know suffering. It will know what it is to feel forsaken. It will know despair. And this knowing will be embodied by various members in different ways. But in our unity, in our being together, it's a knowing which will touch and affect us all. But this knowing is not the end of the story. Because the second point is this. The body of Christ is dynamic. Now bodies are organic, growing things. They never stop being renewed. They keep developing day after day. In some very contorted imagery, Paul describes how growth both comes from Christ and leads to Christ. But we get the idea. Christ makes the body grow, and as it grows, the body acts in ways which move it collectively closer to Christ. And what ways are these? Well, first Paul urges us to be completely humble and gentle and patient. There is no place in the body for arrogance, impatience or pride. There's no place for festering resentment or malicious gossip or scapegoating. At all times we need to stay grounded and to treat one another tenderly. Then, writes Paul, we must bear with one another in love. He knows that in any congregation there will be irritations and annoyances and people we really can't stand. There will be people who think differently and act differently, and people who disappoint us and drive us crazy and even feel like enemies at times. Just as every one of us will inevitably disappoint people and drive them crazy and seem like enemies to them too. This is why Paul tells us to bear with one another in love. He knows that it's normal not to get along with people. But he also knows that this is a gift. Because it's the people we find hardest to love who force us to confront ourselves. We are faced with the limits of our humility and gentleness, patience and forgiveness. And we are faced with the parts of ourselves that we would really rather ignore. If we are to mature in love, if we are to keep growing, we need to learn to love these people as well as ourselves. Now some of you might be thinking that everyone at Sanctuary is perfectly lovely and you've never had a problem with any of them. But if this is you, this only points to a challenge. As a group, we're great at vulnerability and connection within the boundaried experience of a worship service and the conversation which follows. But we're all pretty independent we don't see a huge amount of each other during the week and we're rarely forced into confronting difficulties or disappointments in our relationships. When there has been conflict, people have tended to gloss over it or simply to leave rather than to take the time and effort for the level of reflection and conversation, prayer and repentance which truly loving relationships require. Yet Paul tells us to make every effort to maintain the Spirit's unity. So the invitation is for us to engage with each other in meaningful ways. Ways which can leave us open to hurt and disappointment and disagreement and even betrayal. And then when the inevitable happens, to do the hard work of repairing relationship. 
for when we are engaged at this level, when we make this kind of effort, we and the body will grow in love. Finally, Paul tells us to use people's different gifts to ensure that every person is equipped for servant ministry and so that the body is strengthened as a whole. In other words, church is not a consumer product. It's not something you tap into simply to get what you want. Instead, it's something to belong to and something to contribute to. And growth happens when we're both ministered to and ministering to others in the body. Our growth as a church is bound up in the growth of individuals, even as our growth as individuals is bound up in the growth of the church. And all this growth flows from and towards Christ. And this brings me back to the beginning. Our body politic is wounded and scarred. We all know and are affected by brokenness. But this is nothing to be afraid of, for this is the image of Christ. And indeed, it is precisely our wounds and scars, our chronic conditions and persistent pain and fraught personal histories that are the source of our power and ministry. For our wounds and scars have led us to go beyond violent, shaming images of God and have brought us to the gentle and humble, self-giving love of Jesus Christ. Our wounds and scars inform our reflections and stories and testimonies, and by speaking the truth in love, the truth of who we are and how the gospel is at work in our lives, we are bringing others to a deeper knowledge of Christ. Our wounds and scars lead us to share resources and techniques, and to pray and to care for one another in real and powerful ways. And so we are growing in maturity and love. My friends, this body we call sanctuary is not and never will be shiny perfect, but it is gentle and diverse and growing. At our leadership meeting, Emma told us that she'd misheard a song at church the night before. Where the lyrics said sacredness, she had heard scarred tenderness, and I think that just about sums it up. The sacred body of Christ is a body of scarred tenderness, aching with love for the world. So let us keep bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain unity. And let us keep speaking the truth in love, that we might continue to grow into maturity and into the fullness of the scarred tenderness of Christ. Let us pray. Jesus, when you rose from the dead, you came to your disciples. You showed them your wounds, you opened their minds to the scriptures, and you blessed and commissioned them. Grant that we might have the courage to show our wounds and to speak the truth in love, that others might come to the knowledge of God and be blessed and commissioned also. For yours is the body of scarred tenderness, given for the life of the world. Amen. Did you know there's always more to read on our website at sanctuarybaptist.org? 
Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. If you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal, and you can find the details for this on the website. This recording was made on the lands of the Eastern Ma Nation, where wattled trees bloom in the winter time, and the land shimmers with reflections of the sky. Peace be upon this land. Peace be upon the people. Amen.